Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule, a special Easter edition this week. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me, gearing up to hit a service station near you soon, it's baby bunny, Lindsay Hooper. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. Oh, baby bunny. Wow, I've not been called a baby for a while. You are the youngest of the bunch, we should reveal. Not uh, by joining much. You, <laughs> joining you and me, the marvellous Sky Sports News anchor, it's mummy bunny, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. Thanks. Hi. I've been a terrible mummy this week because I've decided to do an Easter egg hunt for Ayla. And terrible. I got stuck in a traffic jam. First time I've been stuck in a traffic jam for a very long time, by the way. And I bought some tiny little Easter eggs for this hunt. And I got a bit peckish. And I'm not going to (gasps) lie. I ate two. No. I ate (gasps) Ayla's eggs. I ate her bunnies. (gasps) Yeah, that's I've eaten my kids' Easter eggs before. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure thinking, a lot of people can relate. Yeah. And she, it's just too much chocolate old. for one it's kid, like, right? Yes. And she's a baby. She's a toddler. We, I can't just fill her full of sugar as much as her father thinks that that's absolutely fine. You keep telling um, yourselves that, you two. I've, I think this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a human rights issue for kids nicking their chocolate, isn't it? Um, well, look, the good news is the sun's out. Um, I don't know for how long. Apparently it's meant to snow next week. But anyway, we're taking advantage whilst it's here. The clocks have gone forward. Uh, it means it's um, a little bit lighter in the evenings. We can hang out in each other's gardens. And suddenly everything feels a little bit better. Do we agree? Yes. Yeah. 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 I had the... Optimism in the air. I had the recliner back, the sun lounger yesterday. And for an hour whilst I was having my lunch, I just thought, I'll just lie here for a little bit. Oh, it was so nice. So I'm just, that sounds very nice. Bungalow life with your recliner. <laughs> and you're the youngest of the three of us, you are, Lindsay, aren't you? Yeah. Did you have... <laughs> Emitting out of the old pan pipe, whatever you've got, wow. recorder in the background, a nice Mr Whippy ice cream on the go. No, I had, I had R&B going on. And, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, let's get stuck on with the show then, ladies. Today, uh, we are bringing in the weather. A little bit later on, we'll be talking about the hottest uh, football games ever. And I mean that literally. Uh, We're then going to be looking at people nearing or players, managers nearing retirement. That's because, of course, the changing of the clocks means the changing of time, means the moving on of time. And so therefore, who might be calling time on their careers mm-hmm. soon? Uh, and we'll get stuck in, first of all, with a bit of je ne regrette rien. Let's step into topic one as uh, Edith sung us in nicely. Do you remember Girls Me singing that? Uh, yes. In ode to Arsene, well, as in the Arsene Wenger. Of Arsene Wenger, actually. Yes. yes. <laughs> I won't. I won't reenact it. Um, wow. But as Edith says, uh, sometimes I don't regret anything. However, that's sort of the opposite to what Luke Shaw has said this week, uh, that he massively regretted pulling mm-hmm. out of the previous England camps and letting down, was the quote, Gareth Southgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Sunday, of course, he made his first England appearance since 2018 and has actually done a great job. So well done to you, Luke. It's always nice. It's always sort of very... Um, very eloquent, I think, to um, articulate your regrets and your emotions. So well done to him. It did get uh, producer Flo thinking, though, about other teams and players that might have some regrets from this international window. So who have you been watching? Uh, which players might regret their performances? Which teams might have something to regret? Let's go to you first then, Lindsay. I think... First of all, I've looked at the big nations and I hate to say it again because it feels like such a long time ago since they dominated world football. But Spain, Spain had another sluggish start, didn't they, in the World Cup qualifiers? Georgia went ahead in this World Cup qualifier and they were on course for a first defeat in a World Cup qualifier in 28 years when they they had that 1-0 advantage, Georgia. Now, Spain did manage to pull it back, Ferran Torres equalised and then they kept pushing towards the latter stages of the game and managed to just about win this 2-1. But alarm bells, when are we going to see the Spain of old once more? Mm-hmm. Good point, good point. Well, you don't have players like Gerard Piquet in the Spain side because he has, of course, retired from the national team. This was after the 2018 World Cup. Now, he made his debut for Spain in 2009 and... This will be a regret, I'm pretty sure, for Sir Alex Ferguson. I know he's already come out and said it. I just want to mention PK because United let him go. And lo yeah. and behold, he, I mean, he won everything you could possibly win for Barcelona and then went on to make his debut for Spain. And yeah, he was an integral part of, of the teams that won the World Cup in 2010. And then, of course, at the Euros in 2012, he represented them 102 times. And to think this was a player they let go because you had Vidic and Ferdinand bossing it at the back for Manchester United. But another big regret for United letting him go was because these two started to become a little bit injury prone. And we could have done with a Gerard Piquet, but Sir Alex Ferguson must be he must have kicked himself not too soon after letting him go for five million pounds <laughs> bargain of the century and spain could definitely do with him back Gosh. um maybe they can coax him out of retirement we did that as a topic recently didn't we mm. yes yes uh, well look it's not often that someone with such a huge talent and an ego to match misses the sitter but i bet cristiano ronaldo was regretful against luxembourg yeah. the other night 
Uh, Portugal forced to come from behind to beat Luxembourg 3-1 away on Tuesday. Ronaldo did score his first goal of the World Cup qualifying campaign in the game. Um, But although Luxembourg shamed Republic of Ireland, so they've got that to their credit, and the headlines have that Jota and Ronaldo saved Portugal, I'm sure Ronaldo would be a bit miffed by missing that particular sitter. The ball landed at his feet following a really bad back pass from Luxembourg, Mm. um, but he shot straight at their keeper who saved uh, his uh, second attempt with his feet. So there you go. Uh, Ronaldo, I think, would have been a little bit regretful about that one. Not a great one for the ego card. And on that note, when you look at the players that are coming in to supposedly replace Messi and Ronaldo, one of those being Kylian Mbappe, and he missed a second half penalty in the game against Kazakhstan. So he'll have some regrets about that. If you want to be the Ballon d'Or winner, you want to be taking over the mantle from Ronaldo or Messi, you've got to be putting them all away, surely. Actually, a a regret I have that leads on from that, goodness me, the regrets about not having goal line technology, VAR, nothing for World <laughs> Cup qualifiers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the heck? There was a blatant goal that was denied in that two-all draw for Portugal and it was Ronaldo. He, he, You don't see him often like that. You see him feisty and revved up, but you don't often see him ripping off the captain's armband and stomping yeah. off the pitch because his goal, which, you know, Serbia, every goal it? counts. It was against Serbia, yeah. Clearly crossed the line. But why on earth do we not have VAR? This is what I cannot understand. And they're going to, yeah, I think they'll live to regret that. I was looking at the bigger nations in particular for this. We've always had shocks in World Cup qualifiers. I don't think there's going to be a shock here, but Germany, I think they're going to regret being so wasteful in front of goal, especially if they take this sort of form on into the actual World Cup. Uh, It was a 1-0 win over Romania in Group J, but I lost count of the amount of chances that they missed. There was Kimmich who rattled the crossbar um, and their goalkeeper, Romania's goalkeeper, Nita, he had one of the games of his life. He will be playing that back. He'll be making a showreel out of <laughs> like the German. San Marino match. goalkeeper against England. Eh? <laughs> Gosh. Because you're on this, Hayley, we should mention Scotland as well. Are they going to come to regret those draws? They should really have won against Austria. That was 2-2. And Israel, uh, that was one all. They may well regret those as a nation. And of course, when you talk about missed opportunities as well, Hoops, you know, third best best place third teams, they're going to need those opportunities. They're going to need those decisive scorelines to help them out. So, yeah, I think Scotland may end up... I think they'll regret not being a little bit more ruthless and arrogant, Mm. which has been talked about in the build-up to these games. They definitely will regret not being more attacking either. Yeah, they've they've, they've played well. We've seen that they have that fighting spirit. Um, In the past, when Scotland had gone behind... um, that was it. They they pretty much given up. Now they go behind and they come out and they do fight back. They're much better when they're they've got four at the back as well. So I think now they've got a defence a little bit shored up and they can they can sort of be a little bit more optimistic about their defence. Um, they can focus on being a little bit more attacking. They're going to have to be more ruthless. They're going to have to be more brave. Be brave, Scotland. Go on, be brave. <laughs> up until the last few days. The team that everyone was talking about in these qualifiers was Turkey. And I know with um, with Kirk yeah. as well, Hayley, your yeah, other half, yeah. uh, being a big Turkey fan, he must have been right across this. Um, but they're going to have regrets, I think, from the last match that they played against Latvia. They were leading 2-0 
they threw away not only a 2-0, they threw away a 3-1 lead and ended up drawing 3-3 and it put an end to their 100% start. They were the team that everyone was talking about. I do wonder if they'll look back and rue those missed chances or not being able to hold firmer at the back. You're absolutely right, Hoops, and it was a bit of an odd result considering they'd They'd won 4-2 against the Netherlands, 3-0 against Norway, and then a draw against Latvia. Pretty regretful, I'm sure. Look, we've got to talk about the Republic of Ireland as well. Of course, Stephen Kenny's under a lot of pressure at the moment. One all draw with Qatar uh, finished off uh, their games of this this run. Uh, They basically... Haven't done too well at all, haven't they? Defeats by Serbia, okay. Uh, But Luxembourg, they should have done much better. Um, 11 matches um, is the winless run in charge for Stephen Kenny. Maybe there's regrets. um, Secret regrets. Association of Ireland, maybe. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, he's, he's definitely fired back, hasn't he, Stephen Kenny? So he probably is determined not to regret anything. But... Uh, they've not had a great a great run of it at all. I was actually wondering, Lindsay, in 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 the last podcast, you obviously spoke about James Ward Prowse mm-hmm. and the high hopes that you had for him. And I thought he did really well against San Marino. And I know we've got to think about the opposition, but you know, from from his performance, I thought he did very very well. I wonder if he regrets not being called up more regularly. He's had such limited first team opportunities, hasn't he, since he was first called up in in 2017? Of course, it's. It is easy for players to have really good performances and regret not being able to be, you know, given enough of a platform to show that off before. Well, I suppose if you're asking about him, his regret would be being at a club at Southampton. Is he going to be seen enough for for England caps? I I think that could be asked. And and I think the other way around is the regret would fall with Gareth Southgate for not picking him more. Um, I I do think it offers, like like I said last week, I think he offers an option with set pieces that we don't have in that team. Yes. Um, we, We have got that extra delivery quality. I still stand by what I said with um, Luke Shaw as well. He he did do some really great deliveries into the box. But we need that. We need those pinpoint accuracy on crosses now, especially when you've got people like Kane to feed. Um, he likes he likes them on a twopence, doesn't he? <laughs> on a twopence. Yes, that's right. Well, next up, Father Time. It catches up with us all in the end, doesn't it? Time goes by, so slowly, slowly. Time goes by, by. Okay, well, inspired by the changing of the clocks and, of course, we've had the news that Sergio Aguero will leave Manchester City when his contract expires at the end of this summer. We're going to take a look at people calling time on their careers or perhaps wishing some time away and waiting for a move or a transfer. Hayley. This is a man at the moment, he's still playing, he's still going strong, but right now he's been hit with a suspension. Uh, this is Jean-Luigi Buffon, who I predict might be retiring pretty soon. He's landed himself in hot water. This was during a game with Parma. It was for blasphemy. He said some things um, and, and used some swear words Um and because of the lack of fans in the stadium and because these words can clearly be picked <laughs> up on the microphone around the pitch, he's actually been given a suspension for it. Um, it, it loosely translates to God is a dog. Um, oh, yeah. well, that's not going to go yeah. down well, is it? No. So he was given a 5,000 euro fine. 
um, referred for having uttered a sentence containing a blasphemous expression during the match last December. So this was in December when obviously there were still no fans in the stadium, but it has um, come about now. He's going to be uh, missing a big derby game, but he has actually at the moment played pretty much a backup to former Arsenal keeper Wojciech Szczesny since returning to Juventus. And you just wonder how long he can keep going on. But he's such a legend. He's such a hero. And he's probably such a great character to have around the dressing room and just to have around, of course, that you wouldn't want him to just disappear. And I know goalkeepers do play longer than, you know, other players. But at 40, I think he's 40-something. 40 43, I think. 43. Yeah. I was going to say 42. I didn't check my Wikipedia stats. But yeah. But he, he says his passion for the game is preventing him calling time in his career. Um, his last two games, in fact, have been um, clean sheets. So the last two matches he played before heading into this ban and before um, Chesney was um, selected ahead of him, he's had clean sheets and he's had not too bad a record this season so far for Juventus, believe it or not. He's played in the Coppa Italia mainly, but in Serie A games, he has conceded the odd goal, but never more than one, which I think is... Um, pretty impressive considering he's not as agile as he used hmm. to be. I think in terms of wishing time away, we can't really ignore any other club but Spurs, can we right now? And Deli Ali, I'm sure he's wishing some time away to get to the summer, hoping to link up with Poch again at PSG because he's not getting the game time that he was once accustomed to. Uh, it feels like that ship sailed now. I don't know whether you both agree. It, but is, it is a bit of a long-running saga now, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's kind of turning into that. Really. And I think if he was going to re-establish himself in the team, then he would have he would have done that by this point in the season. We haven't got too much uh, longer to go. And and so I think Deli Ali will be wishing a bit of time away in that regard. And Spurs fans, big intake of breath, because I'm going to mention a story that I think links back to what you were talking about, Kate, with Sergio Aguero leaving Manchester City, because I think no, it opens this, the door. I am going to say it. It opens the door for a move for Harry Kane, doesn't it, to go to Manchester City this summer. Now, if you're on that Spurs side of the fence, you're wanting time to slow down. We don't want that to happen. If you're Harry Kane and you want to be at a club that's going to consistently be winning trophies, I think you're wanting time to speed oh, up. I, I can't avoid saying it. I think okay, it's out there and it might happen. All right. Uh, should we talk about Ian Holloway? He's not managing at the moment and he's actually said that he that he may not return. Um, if, he, if he does return to football, said this um, within the last week or so, um, that he'd like it to be a consultancy role or, or helping a younger manager. And he has been really honest about this and just said the pandemic has sort of killed his passion for management um, he says he wants to be nearer his family. He's sort of realised what the important things in life are, but that also it's it's kind of no fun managing a team playing in empty stadiums. Um, he had a tough time, time didn't he, at um, Grimsby, with the, you know, the sort of takeover bid and the turmoil off the pitch. And I think he just thought, blow this, actually. Um, he's, he's actually said, I, you know, I hate, I hate boardroom politics. I don't ever want to be involved in them again don't like the fact that we've got no crowds and his enthusiasm for the job according to him of a manager has ebbed away so there you go you might not see Ollie back and he's not it's not even that old is he he's not as old as you think he might be he's certainly been around for a, a good while but I don't think he's he's sort of terribly old maybe late 50s 
I'm on it. 58. I had him sort of older than 58, but I I suppose it's because he's been in the game a long time. But yeah, there we go. So Ian Holloway. The man, by the way, that would certainly not like to see me. I've told told this before about the fact that I had a little Mm -hmm. period where every time I covered Ian Holloway, it would be his last game in charge. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. What about uh, Andre Iniesta? I am predicting he is going to retire this season and head back to Barcelona. So he will be going back to Barca, but to work with the academy um, or to have some kind of role because we know it's all changed at Barca with the new president, with Laporta coming in. He's got a master plan. Um, He wants uh, Messi and other academy players uh, to remain at the club in some sort of role. And you look Iniesta at the moment. Okay. He amassed 131 senior international caps for Spain. Uh, But now, do you guys know where he's playing? No, you guys I know where he is right now. This. So he left where the new is? camp in 2018. Um, he's currently injured. Okay, he's taken four months off since January because he isn't. Is quite, it Japan or somewhere? Yeah, so he's far away, right? Um, and you'd think he's got four months off. Okay, he's 37. He's not super old, but you know, he's thinking about moving back to Spain. You. I don't think you'd want to be staying in Japan long term if you're bringing up a family. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe that's all okay with him. But he's taken some time off and I think um, his ear is going to be well. Is it bent? I don't think it's going to take. I mean, you do bend bend someone's ears, but uh, bend someone's no, ears. But I don't think no. after someone's bended your ears, no, you've got bent right. ears, anyway, have you? Anyway, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, I can't think about it. Um, <laughs> Bended ears. Yeah, I just think Laporta wants to benefit from a lot of these legends at the club and their kind of internal know-how as to how things work, the history of the club, how they operate going forward, the youngsters who just look at these legends, like you had Casillas, Shafi, Ramos, all of them... Um, retiring nationally and for their clubs pretty much at the same time, weren't they? Um, When they decided to call time on their international careers. And you just think it'd be a shame to have someone like that completely missing out of the game. And why not capitalise on his experience, his name and his knowledge? So I think Iniesta going back to Barcelona, but not as a player is something that will happen pretty soon in the next couple of months. You heard me earlier talk about Ian Holloway and the fact that having no fans at the grounds uh, means that he may make a permanent retirement from football management. Well, fans at the grounds is the reason why Mike Dean is apparently set to make a bit of a U-turn about his plans to retire. He's 52. He's approaching the end of his 21st season in the top flight. Love him or loathe him. But according to The Athletic, he's preparing to continue Uh, in his role next season um, because he wants to see out his career in front of the fans. Has he got a red card target in mind? (laughs) I don't know. But this is slightly Mike Dean-esque, isn't it? Uh, Wants wants to do it in front of the fans. Um, He basically, I don't know, maybe he's angling for a warm send-off. I don't know whether he'll get one, but but yeah, so a retirement U-turn there. Um, Bringing it back to players as well, I I think that there's a few that have got a ticking clock going on alongside their playing careers um, when it comes to moves. And a couple of these originate at Liverpool, I think. So Jordan Shaqiri... Um, who I think needs to move on to get a starting place somewhere else so that he gets more minutes. And equally, we know that Gigi Wijnaldum 
hasn't signed a new contract. There has been supposedly interest from Barcelona, um, all in the wake of what haley has been talking about with the, the new owner. And um, I can imagine him going out to Spain, which also opens up an opportunity for one of the other Premier League players that's caught our eye this year, Eve Basuma at Brighton. I imagine he might get a big move potentially to Liverpool and fill the gap that Wijnaldum might leave behind. Mm. Okay. He scored as well, didn't he? His first, yes, his did. first competitive the, goal um, since since January. In, yeah, um, yeah, he did. Internationally. Um, okay, well, let's move on then from our players calling time, perhaps waiting for a club move or indeed retirement. And uh, into our final topic. Is it beer or is it getting really steamy in here? I'll go and get the ice cream. That just makes you want to shake your booty, doesn't it? Um, although it is due to cool down now, so maybe you're listening to this and it's snowing outside. But in true British style, uh, it has been hot. And of course, when the thermometer edged over the 20 degree limit, we started Yay. sunbathing in parks. We saw people in shorts, didn't we? We, we don't applaud that. Yeah. Full of, well, our, our local park, it was like a festival earlier yeah, this that's week too one much. evening. Wow. I came to work without a coat. The northern in me came to came to work on an evening without a coat, armed with two calippos for myself and Jules um, Warren to head into the Eurozone. By the end of the night, I found a dress in my cupboard that was a nice wally. I wrapped it round my shoulders because I had to walk to the no. car park at 11.30. I was absolutely freezing with a hot coffee in my hand. So very different scenes entering work to how I left. God. We all get too excited. It's all too premature as soon as we see a bit of sun. The temperatures, though, that we're going to be talking about for this, that's another scale, another scale of hot. Yep. So this has got us all thinking about hottest tournaments. I've been perhaps a bit overexcited about the weather, Hayley McQueen. Um, The World Cups that have got players sweating, maybe a few fainting episodes. Let's dive in. Hottest games, hottest tournaments. Who wants to go first? Uh, I I think maybe the last 16 clash uh, between the Netherlands and Mexico at the Brazil World Cup will be hard to beat because this was the (laughs) first one, the very, very first one where we saw the drink breaks included. Mm. Uh, We hadn't had those introduced before and they've since been in the Premier League, haven't they? If it's a very, very hot day in England, which often doesn't get to 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 two dizzying heights and temperatures... Well, it it never usually hits over 40, does it? But we have got options now to have these drink breaks. And it's all because of this. Um, These temperatures were 40 degrees plus. um, And it was in Fortaleza in in Brazil. Uh, The players that were part of that match apparently uh, just couldn't wait for the drink breaks. That's It was just too much. And they were losing so much sweat and, and body weight um, playing in that game. So it all started, I think, with that one in terms of the protocols that have been introduced since because of playing in heat. I've got to thank The Guardian's knowledge for this one. You two may have found it too, but it was too good not to repeat. Um, may not have been the hottest game ever, but was certainly the game most affected by the heat. Uh, bizarrely, Haley, it took place in Manchester. On the 1st of September 1906, Manchester City's first game of the season, they're at home to Woolwich Arsenal. The temperature was reported as being over 90 degrees Fahrenheit in the shade and too hot for sunbathing. We don't know how hot that that was, of course, but let's say it's around 30 
two degrees, which is around 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Anyway, so you get the picture. On 35 minutes, uh, City's Irvine Thornley left the pitch due to sunstroke before half-time. He was joined by another teammate, Jimmy Conlin, who'd started the game with a handkerchief tied on his head. It didn't work, though, did it? City began the second half 2-0 down and with nine men. But in the 50th minute, Conlin, plus his handkerchief, he was back. He returned to set up George Dorset to make it... Uh, 1-2, so City down at 2-1. That was as good as it got, though, for City because they were then reduced to eight men, losing their scorer, Bob Grieve, to heat exhaustion. (laughs) The ref consulted the linesman, but they all agreed that there was no just cause for abandoning the game. Woolwich scored two more to win at 4-1, by which time City's Tommy Kelso and James Buchan had also retired, so they finished the game with five fit men, plus a plucky Conlin, who'd of course come back on with his handkerchief. The Daily Mail reported that Arsenal were clearly the fitter and better prepared team and chose not to take advantage of their opponent's misfortune. You have to remember in 1906 what the kit was like. So that not only are they playing in these temperatures, oh, they're probably they're probably <laughs> even wearing long sleeves, but very thick material. Would have been in woolen, yeah, oh. woolen kits. Woolen and, kit. and the oh, ball yeah. was not so much heavier Nike as well. Or, mm, no Nike Adidas breathable, carefully you know worked <laughs> out materials to help with their you know, the release of the body heat. Goodness me! Yes. I mean, I wonder if the handkerchief on Jimmy Conlin's head actually helped his helped his heading ability or not. It'd be hilarious now, wouldn't it, if you saw, I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> walk out with a knotted hanky on his head. Uh, yeah, so I have US women taking on France in the quarterfinals of the World Cup during a heat wave in Europe. It reached 111 degrees Fahrenheit. <gasps> Unbelievable. It was the hottest ever recorded. Yep. 114 degrees it reached uh, nearby. Um, 4,000 schools closed. um, Businesses closed. um, Kids were doused with water. Nursing homes um, were equipped with hydration sensors. Uh, Emergency services had to come in to help with the extreme heat. Uh, You couldn't walk on pavements or, or literally step foot on, on grass and some surfaces, yet these women battled on through a quarterfinal of a World Cup game. So there yes. you go. This was 2019, wasn't it, Hayley? I, yeah, I, I, it was. Hayley, um, Lindsay was out there as well. It was There were real oh. extremes of temperature in that tournament, weren't there? <laughs> don't, don't bring back that Leon experience in that tent. Oh, I, I'm still sweating from that. When you think of hot places, immediately I was thinking Australia. They must have had the hottest match in Australia at some point. I don't think anything beats that, Hayley. Um, Certainly, I think this was around the 40 degree again, Mark. Um, But the very first time that an A-League match was cancelled due to extreme heat was in 2014. It was between Perth Glory and Melbourne Heat. They even had the name Melbourne Heat. Ho, ho, Um, ho. Originally, it was delayed for two hours. They thought they could get by by having three drinks break during the 90 minutes um, but after kickoff it was still nearly 40 degrees and in the end it, it they called time on it so that was one of the first cancellations over in Australia where I imagine they have to have these contingency plans up their sleeve all the time Here's a quick one for us to finish off with then. Former Birmingham City player Walter Pandiani, uh, not at Birmingham City, but when he was at Espanyol, he um, basically was so hot during a press conference after a game in which he scored the last minute winner for Espanyol that he sweated 
through pretty much entirely through a really poor shirt choice. We know that this happens in football. We know it happens to managers. It happens in sport, doesn't it? When it, when it gets a bit hot and people are wearing a shirt, it leaks through. And he'd chosen this light grey shirt. And he starts to describe the clash between his side and Getafe. Um, and this shirt just basically, as he's going through this post-match uh, interview presser, just starts these these dark patches start spreading and sort of leaking into each other um after just 90 seconds he was pretty much covered uh in sort of wet well, you'd rather it material. be completely covered wouldn't you than just patches well i'll tell you what 3 minutes in front of the press pack and he's literally just got a few little spots of light gray shirt um, he's got beads of sweat on his brow. He's tried to mop his brow. It hasn't worked. He's getting more and more uncomfortable. And there is a 10 pence piece sized dry patch left on this shirt. He was just completely soaked. Um, yeah, not nice. Not nice at all. Um, all right, well, let's move from sweaty players uh, onto the sweaty end of this show. Not sure that that really works, but we'll roll with it. Any other business? Okay, so any other business? The smaller stories that you may not have come across during the week. Who wants to go first? Let's go to you, Hayley. Okay, what about this? Um, and this is from Africa Fact Zone. Uh, the referee of an AFCON qualifier between the Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire, and Ethiopia fell ill in the 80th minute. So he was actually held and carried off the pitch um, by both sets of players big problem. No referee could replace him. The fourth referee was an Ivorian, so couldn't officiate a match involving his country. Why on earth he was there anyway? Uh, goodness knows. Uh, the match ended in the 80th minute. They decided not to completely cancel it, but they just decided that, well, the last 10 minutes doesn't matter. It's all about the referee's health. They're not going to bring anyone on to officiate. And um, the Ivory Coast won. They did win 3-1. They were 3-1 up. But yeah, very bizarre. Very bizarre indeed. On the subject of referees, um, I had a quick chat on Radio 2 earlier today with Jeremy Vine uh, because they were talking about... I heard it, Hoops. Did you? Oh, yes. So, well, you had listened. Rebecca Welsh is going to be the first female referee Ooh, of yeah. an EFL game this weekend. Well, it's actually on Monday. Um, Harrogate against Port Vale in League 2. Um, so that was being celebrated. She was on talking about it herself. She seems so calm. She's just very, very calm about everything, which is a great trait for a referee, don't you think? Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to sort of celebrate the fact that we're starting to see these things happening all the more, aren't we? We've had Stephanie Frappard. She did a, a World Cup qualifier in the last week. Um, we've got Bibliana Steinhaus as well in the German Bundesliga. So we're starting to see waves of new change coming into the game and hopefully more and more female officials coming through. We already know how great uh, Sean Massielis is as an assistant referee in the Premier League, but we've been calling for ages to get more through. So hopefully this is the start of things to come. Hayley, just picking up on your Ghanaian referee, Charles Bulu, who was uh, stretched off. Uh, I was just looking for a quick update. He's now in a stable condition. So just to, just for, for, for anyone worried, um, he's okay. Bless him. Um, 
sort of along those international football lines and uh, the African Football Federation, it seems um, that Sierra Leone versus Benin has been rescheduled for the next international window in June. Basically, Benin refused to play after six players allegedly tested positive for COVID. Uh, Their FA claimed foul play. So postponement being the only logical decision... Um, but very embarrassing, apparently, for the uh, African Football Confederation. So there we go. Foul play, maybe. Surely the final image, though, we all have from this international break is of Gareth Bale elbowing the Czech oh. Republic's Andre Kuda. <laughs> oh, because he was he was the player at the centre of the claim of racist abuse uh, in the Rangers match with uh, Glenn Kamara, that incident that was very high profile um, in recent weeks. And it felt like when you were watching Wales play that Gareth Bale took his opportunity and the headlines might read something like giving racism the elbow. Um I think I think we all felt a little bit of a yeah go on go on um, as that happened. Not that we're condoning violence in any way. Mm. Um, I've just sent you a link, girls. Actually, because you basically need to hear the audio in this. So I'm sure producer Flo um, will add it in. But um, Almeria's Portuguese coach Jose Gomez went viral this weekend um, after he had a bit of a bizarre post-match oh. rant. So he's watching team it. I one all. I can't is even it clean? Hear it, but I'm watching it. Goodness me! It is. It is clean, and you'll hear lots of respecto, respecto. He gets very animated indeed. I'm sure you can see what I mean here. Very heated stuff. It, basically, it was because his side, Almeria, drew one all with Leganes in the Segunda, so the um, La Liga 2, essentially. Mm. It had been scoreless heading into the 90th minutes. Almeria going ahead mm. in the 92nd minute, only to concede a last gasp equaliser in the 100th minute. So wow. there you go. Wow. Uh, he had a complete meltdown about that, as you can all hear. We've had lots of international flavour on this show, haven't we? Mm. We have, haven't we? Yeah. So time to round up the show uh, on that note. Thank you very much, Hayley and Lindsay. And to our lovely listeners, thank you very much uh, for letting us know how you're finding us, what you're liking. Keep it coming. It's at Offside Rule Pod on Insta and on Twitter. And our website, OffsideRulePodcast.com, features lots of brilliant football journalism. There's plenty of stuff there um, to see you through this international break. Um, Lindsay, you're on an international break, of course, at the moment. But what's next for you? I'm on prime video duty this weekend. So on Saturday, it's Leeds against Sheffield United. That will be free to air for prime video viewers. And by the way, I'm having a quick look on our website. Now, this is great. Uh, it's, it's, from, it, it is from one of our mentees. We've been running a mentorship, female writers mentorship programme. There's been some great stuff on there. I haven't got time to go into everyone's, but Holly Hunt has a piece recently up. Uh, up and um, she has been speaking to one of the England chefs talks about how it was catering for the Three Lions at the 2018 World Cup and, exclusive, Joe Hart's soup strop. <laughs> I want to find out more about that. I mean, quality here. Uh, head to offsiderulepodcast.com. Hayley, what about you? When are you back in? So... I have been presenting Euro Goal Zone, which has been great fun. So the last few weeks in going through all the goals, I get to do the big game, sat at the desk with guests having a bit of fun, whilst the boys have to run ragged up and down our hub trying to talk about Macedonia's goals, Gibraltar. You know, 
mop up the other stuff. <laughs> so I've been very lucky that I just sit back. I've got an evening tonight watching Scotland in action. If they don't win, I mean, I won't be coming into work tomorrow. Um, and I've got England to watch as well, just sitting back, which, which will be great. And then I have a bank holiday off. I have Easter off, so I'll be spending it with my very own little chick at home. But unfortunately, Aww. because I've eaten all her Easter eggs, um, she'll be doing an Easter egg hunt for um, never carrots and cucumber and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll be working all weekend too. Uh, whatever you're up to at the weekend, if you're listening uh, before the Easter holiday, have a great time. Enjoy some time out if you can. Uh, from myself, from Mummy Bunny and Baby Bunny, uh, we'll see you next week. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. You've been listening to the Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.